Hey, Bookworms Pod. It's Kristen again. Um, if you're able to tune in last week, um, you know that this is the second part of a two-parter. Um, and if you weren't, you should go back to uh, last week's episode of Bookworms Pod. Um, we're doing a bonus episode um, that we ended up breaking into two parts because they had... Uh, Holly and Kate and Chris, um, that's at Holly E 83 on Twitter. As you may know her, she is, uh, on the Twitter a lot, um, and has a very great feed. Um, but that's beside the point. This is, <laughs> um, supposed to be an intro where I talk about, uh, the book wars pod and how this is part two of Kate, Chris and Holly talking about fan works. Um, so next week we should be back uh, on our regular schedule because I will be back stateside um, and we'll actually be able to record, not in the middle of the night, et cetera, et cetera. Hopefully my technical technical difficulties will resolve when I cross the ocean. We can only hope, my friends. Um, anyway, I miss you guys. Wanted to say that. I'm not drinking beer. I'm drinking coffee. It's the middle of the day. Um, but yeah, here's part two of that great conversation on fanworks. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Moving forward to things that are never bad, let's talk about shipping. God damn it. <laughs> um, obviously, Star Wars has seen its share and is currently seeing its share of shipping wars. Harry Potter obviously comes to mind. Twilight comes to mind in terms of the the great shipping wars of the last decade or so, <laughs> um, which even, even some creators, I'm thinking of J.K. Rowling, take part in sometimes with her. Uh, you know, she'll do interviews every once in a while where she'll, where she'll be like, you know, I, I wish I'd written so and so differently. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's let's talk about shipping wars a little bit because, like, I think they are like this crucial aspect of fan works and fan fiction, and fan engagement, really. and fan engagement, and like they are sometimes controversial. They're sometimes very benign. Like, I don't know, I. I don't really have a question here, but just hashtag talk about shipping wars. <laughs> yes, it's definitely. so weird for me because I have never, I don't really feel the need to engage. Like I've been shipping for a long time and I've been in fandoms where like people are like really mad at each other and I'm very much a, well, I ship this thing. I don't care if you don't ship it. I don't right. care if you think I'm a bad person for shipping it. Yes. I, I, if you really don't like my ship, you can just like, block me i know <laughs> and we can all go about our business like right I, you know it, it's never it's never been a thing that i wanted to engage in and yet it clearly is very real mm -hmm. um it what 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 is weird about <laughs> shipping wars where in the canon the various romantic options are are like real you know something like vampire diaries mm -hmm. where it was like or Twilight, this character literally at some point is going to choose, Yep, you know, between these two people. Mm -hmm. um, that I get a little bit. I mean, I, I still don't participate <laughs> in it. Right. 
But I understand while it's still going on. I mean, I was a moderator of a Twilight message board back in the, like, the Eclipse Breaking Dawn era. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I remember those days when you didn't know what was going to happen. Um, although, in hindsight, I feel like it was pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, yeah. The... What... <laughs> The, the internet is still baffling to me sometimes. When you're in a situation where, like, you have non-canonical ships, um, you don't have to fight with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, re- I, I want to hang out with people who ship the things that I ship um, when I'm in the mood to talk about that ship. Not everybody that I'm friends with has to ship the same things, obviously, but, like... I, I'm not interested in arguing with people about this stuff. Right, um, right. And I don't necessarily understand people who are. <laughs> yes. Um, and this concept of, like, winning. Oh, is, my God, yeah, tell me is about it. foreign to me. I don't, yes. I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess because I'm in fan, in fan years, I'm old. You know, 35 <laughs> years mm. old. I've lived long enough to see, like, some of my ships were fine, and then some of them broke up, and that's like that's the way it goes. You don't, right? You're not gonna get what you want in every situation. So, right. if this ship doesn't work out, then I'll read a bunch of fanfic about it. Totally. If it does, that's great. Um, I don't. Maybe it's because I started with like my first big like ship as a teenager was Buffy and Angel. Ooh, yes. And like. That had an ending that was, like, sweet, but bittersweet, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, it really sort of set me up in this, like, headspace to be like, you know, it's fine if they're not together. Like, right. it was still an important storyline. Those episodes are still there. I can go back and watch them. Um, That the shipping war thing never really appealed to me. But when they're selling t-shirts that say, like, Team Edward and Team Jacob, they're sort of driving you to this, like, us versus them. It's like opposing sports teams. Yes. Oh, my God. Like, in the end, does it really matter? <laughs> but it's easy to get emotional about it, right? Totally. My thing I, is the best yeah. thing, and yours is not as good. I love that analogy. <laughs> it's so fucking true. And it's like yeah. at the end of the season, you know, somebody's going to win. It's not, it, it's, there's, you know, it's only one that's going to make it at the end. And it may not be you. So, like, just chill. I know. I know. You know, at the end of the day, it's just what it is. I mean, the other thing is, that, like, I don't know if people don't fully, like, internalize that they are not, you know, in charge of driving this bus <laughs> 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 or whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, we, we, Holly, you know I've talked about this a little bit before, but we're, like, very um, live and let ship people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, you know, just go, like, you, you ship, ship what you want to ship. It's it's cool. And, um, you know, there are a lot of folks who find, all right, we're going to talk about Raylo. <laughs> Let's talk um, about it. We're, we're doing it. We're doing it. I think this is the first time we've, like, mentioned Raylo on this podcast. And I've been like, oh, we're not talking about it because we don't want to get involved. Um, no, I've made fun of them before. I mean, you have, but, like, 
in passing. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. I had an actual discussion. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but there are a lot of folks who find Raylo as a ship problematic. And trust me, I understand why. However, I don't know. I feel like anti-Raylos and then Raylos have a habit of doing that thing, Holly, where they just go looking for fights to have with people. Yeah, and I'm like, like, why? Here's the thing. <laughs> I have, I've been on Tumblr for nine no, f- yeah, for nine years, eight years. Mm-hmm. I've literally never gone into a stranger's inbox to talk to them about something that they like or they don't like. And that's right. the problem I see. Like, I mean, I don't have any hardcore Star Wars ships apart from Han and Leia. So, naturally, <laughs> you know, that's like that's like the OG ship, right? Um, totally. I walked out of The Last Jedi going, you know. I could watch them make out. <laughs> and I've read some fanfic. I don't care sure. if it happens. You know, I don't care what happens in the movie because obviously I'm a, I'm a person who's like, well, I can read fanfic about it or find some gift sets about it if I'm really interested in it. Totally. Um, but I think it's important to, to think about the fact that the shippers are people. Mm-hmm. There's a person. A concept. There's a person behind that. <laughs> There's a person behind that um, Twitter handle or Tumblr handle on both sides. Right. That has a whole history of, you know, whatever in their life um, that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of it comes from, from a very young age. I read and watched whatever I wanted to, essentially. My mother, like, yeah. never banned me from reading anything and I read a lot of crap that was probably not great and I read a lot of stuff that was that was me (laughs) and I learned I learned what was good in real life and what was bad in real life right right um and I think that there's this and it's it's definitely not limited to Star Wars I mean like I said I came out of the Twilight fandom and the Vampire Diaries fandom and you see similar stuff there to get a little like oh my god if you like this bad boy you're promoting abuse of women. And I'm like, I don't know anybody who ships this who dates bad men. Right. Nobody, right. you know, you're, in a lot of ways, you're you're lecturing to women to say, if you would just stop liking these fictional people, then maybe the patriarchy wouldn't treat you so badly. I know, which is like... And I'm just not like, willing to go there. Ugh. I know, there are like 11 different kinds of things I could say about that. <laughs> you know? I mean, and I understand that we should call out, um, you know, we should talk about the problems in romantic relationships as they're depicted in fiction. Yes. I mean, there's a, there's a balance, right? We can't talk about how important it is to have representation and then say, oh, we'll read whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Because those two things don't agree, right? You can't Correct. say that it doesn't it doesn't matter because it does. Absolutely. But there is a you can you have to trust people to be able to read and watch things and be critical of them, but also like certain parts of them. Totally. Um, totally. Like a Raylo example is that. I think it's great that we talked so much after The Last Jedi came out about him negging her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a really good thing 
that young women observing this discussion need to hear. Don't totally. let a guy do that to you. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we can talk about Edward Cullen being, being controlling. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing to talk about so that young yeah. women understand that that's not a thing that they should, you know, ever let their boyfriends get away with. Absolutely. That doesn't mean that we should ban Twilight from libraries. Like, right. <laughs> there, I, there, yes. there's a middle ground here. We shouldn't, Absolutely. we shouldn't ban Raylo fanfics or say that anybody who reads Raylo is a bad person. Like, I could, right. I could talk all day about women reading bad boys or super powerful bad boys as a power fantasy within the patriarchy. Like, there's a reason that these sorts of stories appeal to women. Absolutely. And it's not because they're terrible people or they secretly love the patriarchy <laughs> or they secretly want to be abused. Like, there are reasons that, pe- that that some women, not all of them, there's no, if you don't like them, that's fine. Um, and I, I think it's just important to keep in mind that there are reasons people want to read these stories, but we also should not let them, you know, let movies and TV shows go without criticism in the way that they depict romantic relationships either. We can totally. do both things. Exactly. Exactly. And another another part of it, which um, Holly, you and I have definitely talked about before, is how, you know, there are a lot of people who have, um, you know, kinks or trauma or whatever the hell that, you know, all of these things that are, you know, affecting them, that are, you know, maybe problematic, that people really do process through art and creation and consuming those things and fanfic is one of those venues where you can like safely explore those things or like express those things and literally no one gets hurt because no one's like putting a gun to your head and making you sit down and read fanfic that you don't want to read right i mean i i know that there there are all kinds of um types of stories that i want to read about that i don't ever want to encounter in real life um i've run Mm -hmm. i've run into people in fandom who do have past trauma who who have talked about how their therapist um you know i i I don't remember their names which is good because i wouldn't give it but um you know who said you know their therapist said yes this is a valid way to work out your your trauma you know you're working through some shit even Mm -hmm. even on a level it doesn't have to be like deep trauma just like i don't know maybe you just got some light daddy issues like most of us you know right maybe totally maybe reading about ben solo helps you work through your daddy issues yep Mm -hmm. um and it's a pretty safe way to do there's a there's a famous like quote by lin-manuel miranda that goes around tumblr every so often about how like he has no interest in cheating on his wife but he enjoyed writing hamilton anyway (laughs) like yeah yeah, no. We 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 all, you know, we all enjoy all kinds of stories that um you know, we're never going to get into in real life. We like stuff like uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I don't want to be an assassin. <laughs> but I enjoy mm-hmm. that movie. Um For sure. Though, you know, in real life those would not be good people. But we can be entertained by them and there there's a to sort of get into the gender um, side of it, there is a um, some of this pearl clutching is very aimed at young women. Oh, absolutely! 
and I absolutely see it in the in the Star Wars fandom because you know, Raylo isn't the most popular Star Wars ship on AO3. Right. The most but popular it's the one we talk Star about. Right, it's the one we talk about because people are like trying to shove those shippers out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um when Kylo and Hux is the more popular ship in God bless. <laughs> in a lot of ways maybe more problematic, like Right. I mean, I don't find it problematic because it's fiction. It doesn't bother me, but, mm-hmm, you know, same. it shouldn't be, well, that one's fine, but this other one is not fine because it involves, like, a woman and we need to stop women from liking it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's like, do these people go to Star Wars, these same people who hate Raylo shippers, do they go to Star Wars conventions and ask people dressed as Vader if they're secretly fascist? Right, I know. It's 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 just this obsession with putting value judgments on women's desires. And it, it it I mean not to say that women don't cosplay, but you could see how that's a gendered thing where we're overly concerned about how this this shipping situation is affecting the brains of women and turning them into some sort of victim when we, you know, we've got thousands of dudes out here dressing up like kylo for halloween and there's nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. but we're not placing the same sort of value judgment on it yes absolutely yeah that actually gets into a really good question that i want to talk about about gender and fan works and this was asked by uh nancy who is our pod mom uh at nancy pants of the tachi station uh of tachi station.net and tachi station radio network um Lovely human. Yeah. And she asked why certain fan works, mostly visual stuff, are taken more seriously than fanfic, um, especially when those visual fan works are often done by men. And, you know, to this is something we talked a little bit about earlier and how I didn't necessarily see costuming as something that is, uh, you know, quote unquote, a fan work because, you know, for whatever reason, but it is something that the stereotype is it is something that's more done by men. Or at least uh, in Star Wars. In Star Wars, yes. Like, not saying that's true. I don't necessarily, I have no idea what the stats are, but I don't even necessarily think that's true. But, like, that's the the view of it. Uh, and I, like, I, would, I would say that's because um, I know, at least for the 501st, which um, is, in case people somehow don't know, is the, is the costuming group um, for Star Wars. It's an official costuming membership group that focuses on dark side characters but i believe um statistically it's it the majority of folks who have membership of the 501st are men and and it's i think um primarily because the 501st was a group that was started by dudes who were ex-military because they were star wars fans and they were ex-military and they wanted to dress up as stormtroopers because um again they saw that as a military group that um would give them that sense of um, friendship and brotherhood that they um, missed um, be- having being ex-military and then transitioning into civilian life. Like, yeah. a lot of um, the Five First traditions and, like, things that we do, like, a lot of it is based on military tradition. You know, like, we have challenge coins, which is, again, it's, like, a military thing, and we make those, like, it's one of those things where, like, if you, you you're at a bar with your Five First buddies and they're like, just, like, you know pop out like literally a physical coin that's like has the 501st logo on it like do you have it that's a tradition that came from the military mm-hmm. 
like yeah and i mean i think also like there's something to the fact that if you're a woman who wants to dress up or who wants to cosplay as a character in star wars for the majority of star wars that was a very short list yeah totally there were there were not very many characters that you could dress up as i mean like could you have could you always do female troopers behind armor or gender bend other characters absolutely but that patriarchy doesn't like to be challenged and so that comes with its own separate uh barriers to it and so i think that like that's a big part of it that like a lot of these you know particularly costuming but other things like that that focus on specific characters that's stuff that is inherently gendered because the selection that you have is gendered right well and i'm assuming i don't know for you know i I don't have a huge background in either of these fandoms but i'm assuming Mm -hmm. that back in what the 70s and early 80s when it became you know when it's you started with like these fan meetings conventions and stuff women were not necessarily just free to go dress up and yep mix with all these dudes right yeah i mean it it totally makes sense to me that um the that men would get into things like costuming where they would meet up with each other at cons because that's completely safe for them, right? Totally. Women, it's not necessarily safe for you. And women found a way to express their fandom that they could do from their house. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Where they could, you know, writing a story and sending it to other female fans is a thing that you could do with your spare time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, that I, didn't involve yeah. you putting yourself in a social situation that may not have been the most fun for you. Totally. I mean, um, yeah. And, I, you know, I think we, we don't realize how much of the traditions and stuff that we still have to this day have their roots in that time of fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is... That is so super true. I mean, there are so many women who, you know, obviously, like, Leia's one of the few, um, you know, female characters that women can dress up as. And um, there are, there's a fair segment of ladies who see, um, you know, Slave Leia as actually being empowering um, because of the whole, the the Hut Slayer retconning and all that cool Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, But, you know, they, of course, they're the ones who get most harassed at cons because... You know, people. Yeah, I mean that's still a problem, and I would think that would it would have been worse in the early '80s. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, and you know, it it even goes back to, for God's sakes, the filming of A New Hope when George Lucas told Carrie Fisher that there are no bras in space. Like for Christ's sakes! (laughs) (sighs) I know. Um, And just um, you know, to you know, more directly address Nancy's question since she mentioned visual visual art um and visual fan works um a lot of it i feel like is that guys are more comfortable doing visual art and and that sort of thing because um you know and i think it's still like this but um you know when it comes to stuff like comics and you wanting to break into the industry what they want to see is a portfolio of you um you know putting your own spin on ips that already exist so people are already like making quote-unquote fan art of, like, you know, Spider-Man or um, Batman or whatever the fuck. And I see plenty of people um, trying to um, put their own spin on Star Wars characters and, you know, especially because Star Wars comics are so big right now, um, doing that sort of thing so that they could get um, 
some attention. Um, I don't say getting attention in a negative way. Like that's kind of how you make it as a comics mm-hmm. artist, but that's, you know, that's a venue that's really always been open to men. And I think because of that, like it's not seen as lesser than, um, in my personal experience too, I've seen, um, fewer men writing fanfic than women. Um, full disclosure. Um, the, basically the only fanfic I read at this point is um, Star Wars Rebels, um, The Last of Us, and The Witcher, and most of those fanfics, at least in those communities, is written by women. I'm pretty sure I've, to my knowledge, I've not encountered a cishet fanfic, cishet man fanfic writer in my fandom travels and I I read in I don't know anywhere between 10 and 15 fandoms you know over the course of a few months I keep a list of like all my pairings and you can like favorite them in AO3 and I have a bunch Mm -hmm. that just like what I'm in the mood for and I don't know off the top of my head when I think about my favorite writers none of them are cishet men I know like literally one that's it and I one to give my my take on Nancy's question, I think part of it is to go back to that thing we said about fanfic being seen as uh, romance and sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so it's in a patriarchal society where most of those most of those types of stories are written and consumed by women, we we simply value them less, and it starts from a young age. Soap operas, romantic comedies, romance novels, mm-hmm. all of these things that are aimed at women are mocked and joked about and not taken seriously as art. Mm-hmm. Um, and fanfic, I think, is lumped into that same category as a thing for and by women, even though it you know the the audience is a little bit more diverse than. Um, diverse than that, it's still mostly women. Um, and so, I mean, as with a lot of things, the answer is the patriarchy. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. You guys got some interesting questions. Right? Your listeners. (laughs) Um, Diana, um, to go back to the one that Diana asked, because I feel Mm -hmm. like, um, she, she, uh, asked um she'd like to hear a discussion of how fan works versus licensed work is treated by fans and i think that this is interesting because i started out before i ever knew what fanfic was i read a lot of media tie-in novels me too <laughs> mm-hmm. um and it, it's just such a different different world mm-hmm. um because i mean one thing we we don't look as positively on something that is not canonically endorsed, right? Like totally. something that's a f- licensed fan work is has the official stamp on it, right? And I I, I want to point out here that you know Chris won't read fanfic and he doesn't love reading legends because he knows it's not canon. I, it's not I won't read it. It's that you I don't have lo- a different... I said you don't love reading it. Okay. You well, you, and I you think that's that a sorry. sorry. <laughs> I think that's a valid view. I think that there there are people there. Back before I got into fanfic, I was exactly the same way. Sure. Yeah. And when I first started reading fanfic, I only wanted to read fanfics that were like 
super close to being canon compliant, except for that one piece that I was like missing. Yes. From mm-hmm. from the you know, from the canonical work. So it was mm-hmm. like this is X Men first class, but with some kissing. Right? Mm-hmm. Um and then like so I started there and then it like spiraled out of control. <laughs> But the great thing, you know, sort of the interesting thing about fanfic versus licensed stuff is that it it doesn't have to be consistent with anything except itself. Right. So if you go and read, like, I read a bunch of Buffy tie-in novels when I was a teenager, and a lot of them are good, but in the end they are, and this is, this is a little different from Star Wars, because the Buffyverse is not as huge as the Star Wars-verse, Right. Mm-hmm. In the Star Wars verse, you can take a character like Jen and write right. an entire backstory for her that has depth and meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Buffy verse, you would get these media tie-in novels that took place like in between seasons, right? And like you can't, you can't kill off characters right. that people care about. Mm-hmm. You can't break up couples. Or get couples together. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's a lot of things that you can't do because you have to adhere to the canon. And right. it's sort of what makes, I mean, this whole legend situation interesting. Because I was reading um, expanded universe novels back in the late 90s. Or whatever they were calling the the Star Wars yeah. mm-hmm. books yeah. back then. Yes. Um and it's sort of interesting to me that basically they did away with them because they didn't want to have to be internally consistent to them anymore. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, they weren't internally consistent to each other anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's, and I feel like, and that's, I feel like a separate podcast, but the whole, the whole <laughs> Legends versus canon thing in Star Wars specifically is its own can of worms because George Lucas himself never saw any of the expanded universe material as binding. Right, so is it real if... I don't know, I have a, um, I still, even after years of reading fanfic and stuff, there's always going to be a difference to me between canon and fanfic. Like, mm-hmm. it just, seeing it acted out on screen, or in, you know, a, a, a book that I go and buy in my Barnes & Noble, is still different than reading a fanfic. I have a friend who is a professor of media studies, who will argue with you all day long that there is no difference. She's like an extreme like death of the author person that that the that the designation of canon is a construct in our minds. Mhm. I mean and she's right, but it doesn't change yes. the fact that my mind can't get around it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to talk to this person. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I'll hook you up. Excellent. Awesome. Um <laughs> Another question that we skipped over and I want to come back to now is from another one of our listeners, Matt. Um, and I just want to point out also, uh, because we should plug this, um, all the questions we got for today that come from social media are actually from uh, the Tashi Station Patreon Slack. So if you give us a dollar every month, you can come and talk to us about these sorts of things and also um, scream about Kylux and how great it is. But anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, the, the Tashi Station Patreon Slack is a is a wide world. 
also of there's, fantastic people. Also, there's somebody in there who posts pictures of the corgi all the time, which is very important to me. It's true. So, anyway, it's true. go on. <laughs> anyway, so this question, uh, Matt asks, I'd be interested in hearing you explore fan fiction as a more constructive outlet for disappointment and disagreement with official works. And this, he's specifically thinking about the remake The Last Jedi nonsense. Jesus which, Christ. Which, Holly, I don't know how deep into the Star Wars fandom art you are, but there's uh, a... I mean, I definitely read those tweets from the people who <laughs> okay. wanting to remake the last jedi um i definitely remember that for sure and i read this question um earlier and was thinking about it um and i think it's a great question and i i think that the difference here is that for the most part the spirit of fanfic is not to the spirit of fanfic is not to marginalize women or yeah <laughs> You know, because that's sort of what it boiled down to, like, it's not to, you know, say we didn't get enough menfolk in this story. Correct. Or, you know, that's, which is not to say that, I mean, obviously there are fanfics, you probably read them and go, man, that person is a misogynist. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what fanfic is for. So fanfic right. can be about saying this writer did something that I really didn't like and I want to quote unquote fix it. Yeah. But it's. For one thing, people who do who do that don't start big Twitter campaigns trying to get money for it. Like, <laughs> yes, you know, fanfics are are labors of love. Absolutely, <laughs> and, and that was a, a a labor of I don't know what that was. It was a labor of hate. Yes, li- yeah. literally, yes. Um, I mean, I remember, yeah. <laughs> I remember there was a big project among several fan fiction authors when, and I'll keep coming back to Shameless as an example. That is fine. <laughs> the there the season there was a season finale of Shameless where something happened that the the fandom Shameless there's a big divide between like the general audience for fandom for for Shameless which is probably a lot of people in their, like, 30s and 40s just mm-hmm. watching Showtime, right? You know, there's a difference between general audience. And this is true for The Last Jedi and stuff, too, you know? Oh, God, yeah. You're, you're people who are reading your fanfics and writing them and doing your blog, your gift sets on Tumblr are not the same as the entire audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a thing that happened in the season finale that upset a, a big portion of this fandom, and they did, like, a project amongst, like, four or five fanfiction writers to quote-unquote fix the season. They were going to go back and do, like, 12 interconnected fanfics as a season of Shameless to fix (laughs) what they didn't like. Wow. Uh But it, there was no, like, give us money to do this or, like, everybody is awful. It was like we were upset and we would like to write something that makes us feel better. Right. And, I mean, fix-it fanfic is its own, you know, Yeah, I mean, it's a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just, it's the difference. <laughs> you know, like you said, exactly like you said, Holly, it's a, being a labor of labor of love versus a labor of hate. It's like wanting to contribute to this IP or this franchise or whatever it is that you're writing about versus having some other shit going on in your psyche that you feel the need to act on. <laughs> right, and I yeah. would say, I mean, we know for a fact that the the dudes who were, you know, on the remake, the Lost Jedi train, were a bunch, were majority a bunch of cis white dudes. Oh yeah. Um, 
the and you know we've already talked about how um authors of fanfic are often women who are finding this as a safe space i i, I want to say that fanfic is more exploring the possibilities of an ip like the characters in the universe whereas remake the lost shadow was definitely not about exploring the possibilities but about closing possibilities to other people because they didn't want haldo to exist yeah yeah i mean fanfic is there i mean ha- part of its mission and, and it's not to say it doesn't have problems but part of fanfic's mission from the very beginning was to diversify the world it was taking from not is there an opposite of diversify like whatever the opposite of it is that's what remake the last jedi was trying to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah totally um Um, yeah i know you have now i mean like the stats on ao3 could would tell us that we still have issues you know i mean around race and and gender but it's still you know we're still fanfic is still doing better than say network tv Mm mm-hmm and I, I, you have a note here, too, about um, AO3 free speech that I, if you could yeah, pull that Yeah, that was really something that I was, that was something that has been, AO3 just had their annual um, fundraising drive. Mm-hmm. And every year when they do that, there's always, you know, and this goes back to the Raylo thing, um, of people who don't like the fact that certain ships are allowed to flourish on AO3. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, AO3 doesn't, it, it's not going to take fanfic off because you don't like it, even if it depicts things that are illegal or you find disgusting. Yep. Um, because their entire ethos is that, that this space is just the host and they've got lawyers and yep. all kinds of people advising them because when you open the can of worms of saying, we're going to allow this thing, but not that thing is when you open yourself up to exploitation. Yep. Of those sorts of rules. Totally. Um, and their way of dealing with it is to say, we're not going to moderate anything. Yep. Um, and I, I mean, I understand the, the drive to say, you know, there are certain things, especially things that are illegal that we wish weren't on here. I mean, I get it, mm-hmm. um, but there's no, you know, there's there's no easy way to have a a website that anybody on the internet can access that is moderated in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I wasn't around for the shipping wars of like HP and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. in the you know in the wild wild west days of the early internet. You know, when sites did try to have rules about what you could post and what you couldn't post, you could get rid of certain genuinely problematic things, but it often turned into a weapon against people who were posting, you know, slash fic. For sure. Or unpopular ships. Yep. That were not, there's nothing wrong with them. It was just, they were in the minority and the people who didn't want them there could use the rules to get rid of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so when, you know, the thing there, if I went into my local library, I'm sure that I would find books that have ideas in them that offend me. But the point is, we're not, you know, I'm not for book banning. Um, exactly. And so I'm not for fic banning either. Yep. Mm hmm. Yeah, totally. Yes. 
All right, we have a couple more questions yes, that um, I want to move us into because we're we've we've been having a great but long discussion. <laughs> every um, pod, every podcast I've ever been on has been two hours long. <laughs> in my life. Yeah, my I love it. All of all of my podcasts are really long. I'm a talker. It's why my contribution to fandom is recording podcasts. There's I mean, nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, super fair. <laughs> That's great. Um, we have um, one. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kate. No, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna start us off with the the lighthearted questions since we've been talking about like real serious shit. Um, oh, I was gonna start it off with the serious one so we could end on a light note. Interesting. No, no, Difference oh. in strategies right here. No, I mean, I think, I think, I think Tom's question is just kind of a good one to end on. Generally speaking, I mean that's fair. Um, so uh, Diana's other question, um, her lighthearted question was, uh, do we have any favorite fanfic tropes? <laughs> oh, I have favorite fanfic tropes. Um. Of course, being put on the spot to answer them. Um, I like um, Enemies to Lovers. Oh, yes. That's a great one. Um, And I like fluff sometimes, too, when I'm in the, like, you know, when I'm in a mood where I need, like, when it's, like, self-care mood. Mm -hmm. Fluff is my thing. Totally. Um... I think my favorites are Enemies to Lovers is a big one for me because um, another one of my favorites more broadly is um, Angst with a Happy Ending. Um, and I like slow burn things even though I want to throw my phone across the room every time I read them. And I know they're going to end up together. I just want to like... Just, I, I, I like screaming, as people know. And so... <laughs> no. Yo, fuck you. <laughs> um, and I think... Uh, what do you call it? My favorite, probably my favorite other one, just because it leads to so many fics that are just fun shenanigans when I want fun shenanigans, is um, fake relationship. <laughs> is a good yeah. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and, and to go back to what, to something you mentioned earlier, Kate, I really like fics that are like fill in. Yes. Fics. And I think even more so, I mean, to go along with that, I'm a really big fan of fics that take, like, that go to a certain point in canon and, like, flip something, mm-hmm. make a different choice and sort of go from there to see what would happen. Like, mm-hmm. that, to me, that's the beauty of fanfic, that you can do that. Um, be like, well, what if this thing had happened instead of this other thing? Oh, if this character had died instead of lived or yes. lived instead of died or whatever. Yes. Um. And so I like those fix too. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I have, waiting for me to read, somebody, one of our listeners sent it in, and I still haven't had time to read because I've been so fucking busy. Um, but um, she sent me a what if Qui-Gon had lived fic, and I really need to read it. <laughs> hey, that's in my AO3 stats of, it's, he's in one of the top 10 uh, most popular ships for Star Wars on AO3. Hey, that's fascinating. I had no idea. I, I, me I either. love... I love going into, like, fandoms that I, I don't read a ton of because I'm very, you know, I know what ship I want to read and uh-huh. I go and find it. I don't spend a lot of time looking at other things. And so to go into, like, a general fandom and see what's popular and what's not is always interesting to me. That is so I mean, sometimes so it's depressing. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's so interesting. Especially because, like, I'm kind of like you. I'm one of those people who... Um, is mostly a canon shipper, and so I'm just, you know, there's all kinds. Yeah, of stuff I going have, on. I have some, I have some, no, I have a bunch of non-canon ships too. But um, I, I didn't really, like I said, I didn't get into slash shipping really until 
X-Men First Class. Mm-hmm. And so, like, things that happened before that, like, it just never even occurred to me that I could, like, want two people who weren't together, mm-hmm. you know, who may have been dudes yeah. to get together. So, yeah, that was, Qui-Gon wouldn't have pinged my radar in, what, 1997 or whatever, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is interesting to me because I feel like my first, like, actual, like, ship was because my friend was a big, um, back with Harry Potter fan, she was a big, uh, serious Remus shipper, and to, and I read so many fics she had given me in high school to the point where I forget that that's not canon. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny to me because, like, I totally understand why that ship is what it is. Uh Like, now it's so obvious, but back when I was reading it, it just... You know, for so many years, I just, I either liked the canon or I didn't, but I didn't really have any um, outlet to go beyond it. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, no. I'm either a canon shipper or uh, things that will never, ever happen in canon ever. Like, (laughs) Fred Hermione is a big one for me. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Right? Right? It's weird. And it's fun. (laughs) Wait, what is the Qui-Gon? Who is Qui-Gon shipped with? Oh, Obi-Wan. Interesting. Duh. Dude. Yeah, Mas- I should have guessed that. Master but. and Apprentice fake is such a big, like, Star Wars-specific subgenre that it... Yeah. And I mean, it is a pretty... It's a pretty fast fandom rule that if there are two hot white guys in a property, mm-hmm. a lot of people <laughs> are going to want shipped. them to yep. make out. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, that's... I mean, isn't that at the heart of Kylux? Yes. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Chris, and then- Chris you don't have fame fanfic tropes i don't i don't even i mean if you were to give me a list of fanfic tropes that like exist in like you know non-fanfic fiction uh then i could tell you what i find funny but i don't read enough fanfic to know what they are for fanfic tropes so i know exactly that's like just 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 drop me into the ao3 tags and i'll call you in a week (laughs) Ooh, speaking of which okay this is a this is a spontaneous me question holly do you have a favorite um ao3 tag that is just like ridiculous (laughs) oh gosh do i i don't know um i would have to i should have done my homework for this oh that is totally fine um I can't think of anything crazy. <laughs> um, I really like anything that has to do with food. Oh my god, yes. So, like, my favorite fanfic tags are, like, bakery AUs, chef AUs, um, anything that's, like, a food a, a food competition. Oh, those that's great. Like, those are all my favorite things. I love that. I, there's this one fanfic that would be controversial if I told everybody who it was because it's a controversial pairing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like 300,000 words of fluff about there's like no conflict. It's just two characters falling in love and one of them is a baker and it's just like constantly about food I and love falling it. in love. That's wonderful. For 300,000 words. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's the best. You know, that's that's another reason where fanfic is different than licensed work. Um, and different than, than canonical stuff in that the conventions of it and, and what you need to make a story are very different. Mm-hmm. You don't, f- fanfics don't have to be about conflict. There, there doesn't have to be like a, something presented that then resolves itself. 
Mm-hmm. You can be like, let's write 2,000 words about these guys getting a milkshake and talking. Exactly. Exactly. That's and that's, that, a lot of times that's my, you know, I I go to fanfic to get away from, like, the tension of, mm-hmm. of canonical works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Um, so I have two. One of them is Star Wars specific, um, which is especially ridiculous, which is, um, inappropriate use of the force is my favorite thing. <laughs> oh, I've seen that one a lot. Um, it makes me laugh really hard. And then my other one that's not necessarily Star Wars specific is, um, makes me laugh really hard because it's a fucking Arrested Development reference, which I've had to explain to Chris anyway, even though he's watched all of Arrested Development and I have not, which is Dead Dove Do Not Eat. <laughs> oh, I've seen that one too. Which makes me laugh. Um, but anyway. Uh, Alright, Chris, you wanted to do the serious question then? Yeah, so the final question we have is from Tom and... Darth and Turnus himself. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we can like say who this is from. So oh, this yeah. is Darth and Turnus uh, on Twitter who actually works uh, at Delray Publishing and specifically on a lot of their Star Wars He's the associate work. editor. He's the associate editor. Thank you for remembering his full title. Uh, he's the associate editor at Delroy Publishing and works on a lot of their IP stuff. Specifically, I know he works on Star Wars and Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, you know, I'd love to hear some constructive strategies on how, quote unquote, official channels and creators can interact more meaningfully with fan fiction communities to create bonds and dialogue and serve them better than they have historically. What a great question, Tom. Thank you. It's a great question. I, I've, I'm struggling because, like I said earlier, I'm a fourth wall person Mm -hmm. i don't ever want to know that anybody officially involved in anything knows (laughs) anything about my fan fiction (laughs) and i feel like that's not necessarily an uncommon feeling Mm -hmm. but i also understand where the question is coming from and that i feel like we have to have a strategy these days right like we've we've gone past the days when these companies can just pretend that fan fiction doesn't exist. Sure, yeah. Right? Um, I was Somebody was asking me, um, this is a different fandom, but somebody was asking me this week why One Direction fans were upset about this new movie that's coming out that's based on a fan fiction, that's based on a book that started out as fan fiction about Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. And like, why would fans be upset about this? And I'm like, because... Harry Styles is now going to be associated with some fan fiction that he had no, nothing to do with (laughs) and no say in. Right. And he's now going to be sort of used to market this thing. And like, it's crossing the streams in a way that many fans are still uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. It's why they don't want actors ask about fan fiction or, you know, like it still feels like a very personal thing, partially because it's been so mocked. Yes. Um, and so I think the, st- the biggest strategy to me would be to, to go back to what we're saying, understand that these are people, be respectful, um, try not to, this is like one of the TV shows that I watch, um, had this, has this showrunner who's been very bad at interacting with like shippers and, and fanfic people. Oof. Um, because, like, he doesn't want to write their ship. That's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he doesn't want to write the ship, he sort of 
like, has been spiteful. Ooh. Because it's become such a thing on the internet, right? Like, it's the most popular pairing in this fandom. But he doesn't want to write it. And so then he acts like these people are crazy for shipping it. Even though it's a really obvious hetero ship. Like, Mm -hmm. (sighs) you had to know when you started this show that it was going to be a ship. Like, if you didn't, you're dumb. (laughs) Um, Yes. And so he spends sort of mocking of it and spiteful and then when he does try to lean into it he's been also not great like a character who a female character who was with the male character in the ship so like she's the obstacle right in the shippers minds Mm -hmm. she got like some violence was visited upon her in the plot, and he was like, well, I bet you guys enjoyed that. Oh, my God. And I'm like, mm, no, that's, this is not, don't lean into misogyny or whatever no. in support of a ship that you know is popular. I mean, I would say if you're, if you're going to talk about it, try to be as um, hands-off as possible. Don't don't come across as endorsing anything over the other. Um, or if you're going to talk about ships and fan, maybe limit yourself to, and I hate to say this because I'm a big non-canon shipper, but maybe limit yourself to canon ships. Yeah. You know, as a way of not showing, like, favoritism to one non-canonical ship over the other. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I mean, we've seen that too recently in Star Wars where I think it was Ryan Johnson who was talking about um, the hut scene with um, Kylo and Rey. Mm-hmm. Um, was it was it Ryan or was it Mark Hamill who said that's the closest we're getting to a sex scene in Star Wars? That was Ryan. Yeah. That was Ryan. Yeah, was I wish Ryan. he hadn't said anything about it. Honestly. Yeah, Ryan what are you has talking some... about? I put that on my Tumblr. <laughs> Ryan has a few opinions about that scene and the follow-up to that scene that i personally don't agree with but but that's fine because it's he is a creator he created something that i don't necessarily agree with we'll see where the the actual ship goes i mean there is that but also you know um you know holly was talking about death of the author again i'm really one of those people who were like it's not mine anymore just don't talk about it man (laughs) it's my opinion but that's my opinion um yeah i think every every creator that I've ever seen that handled fanfic correctly was their opinion on it was basically like um, it's great that people love our stories. It's great that they want to write their own stuff. If they're finding something fulfilling in it, that's beautiful. Um, you know, we have to write what we feel we can do the best job of on our show or our movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, we, we can't Creators can't take every fan, every popular fanship and put them in one show, like it just or one movie. It just wouldn't work. So right. they they have to say, if you're happy with it, if you're having a good time, that's great. You know, yeah. don't try not to place value judgments on people for shipping. So even if you think it's weird, yep. I, there are ships that I think are weird. Yep. But then I don't and, read them. Know, <laughs> I just I don't read them. Um, you know, and that's not to say that I don't ever say that on my Twitter. Like, I might say on my Twitter, man, that ship is weird. Sure. But, like, if that offends somebody, they're welcome to not follow me. Like, yeah. you know, you can have that opinion, but I'm not the creator of a movie or a television show. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a power dynamic there. Yeah. 
that you need to keep in mind totally. where, you know, you can say, hey, ship what you want. We're, we're going to write what we have, you know, want to write. Right. And that mutual understanding is pretty important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, and um, to Tom's question, just um, I think I think I have like a few like general things I think I can I can say about, um, you know, building bridges between um, fans who want to make fan works and, you know, people in official capacities. Um, especially, I guess, about the books, since that's what I, you know, obviously that's what we engage in. But, um, you know, a Star Wars authors like Claudia Gray and E.K. Johnson make no secret of the fact that they have written Star Wars fanfic. They are, they, some of them still write fanfic under, like, very, very obvious, or not obvious, but, like, very veiled pseudonyms and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Beth Revis, sorry to interrupt, but I just want to call out that Beth Revis actually talked to us on Twitter back when we were reading her Rebel Rising. I was going to mention and this, yeah. we, oh, apologies for undercutting you then, but we referred to on the pod as the 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 tie-in novels and including Rebel Rising as somewhat as sanctioned fanfic, and she totally agreed with that. Right, yeah, no, exactly. Like, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, all three of those authors, all three of whom were women, no surprise, <laughs> um, you know, being really open about that and not being ashamed of it, I think is... A big thing because again like fan fiction has this stigma around it even though it's valuable for so many reasons including um you know developing writing skills um i know if i've I've developed a lot of writing skills um just by writing fanfic i think they should be encouraged i think they should you know when you're writing um a media tie-in novel or you know that's directly labeled as such um i don't i don't know what the fuck star wars books call themselves i guess they're just like part of the larger canon generally speaking but yeah um, you know, just, uh, what do you call it? I think, I think you're in a great, you have a great platform to kind of dispel some of that, um, and talk about how, you know, it's all, it's all fake in space, so calm the fuck down, guys. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and the other thing, again, has to do with the stigma surrounding, you know, specifically fan fiction. Um, we, um, we were talking earlier about writers who specifically say, you can't write fanfic about my stuff. Like, understand, I think, like, have, I think it's time to have, to talk about having um, a mindset shift where it's not because people are, people aren't rewriting your stuff because they think you did it wrong. People are rewriting your stuff because they feel passionately about it and they love it so much. And I think it's helpful for creators. To, yeah. If they didn't yeah. think that there was good stuff in there, they wouldn't be writing fanfic about it. Absolutely. Like, you know, it's funny, like, Teen Wolf is a really good example of this. Yeah. The, the the Teen Wolf fanfic community is huge. Like, I don't know the exact stats, but there probably are maybe only one or two other ships on AO3 that have more fix than Teen Wolf. Wow. Um, specifically the Steric fandom, mm-hmm. which I have literally been reading in for almost, I don't know, almost a decade? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, at least six or seven years. And the, you know, I haven't run out of fix. And as much as I like to, like, slag off the guy who created that show, because he is mm-hmm. interesting. Yes. <laughs> um, And that show had a lot of really big problems with it. And I, I mean, I quit watching it. I I really, I really did. Something happened that made me so mad that I said, well, I'm not going to watch this anymore, but I'm still going to read the fanfic. Mm -hmm. But there's still obviously something in that show 
that was so interesting, whether it be the performances of actors or something, certain episodes or whatever, that was good enough to make me want to read these fanfics and still be reading them seven years later. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, nobody... There aren't very many people who do that no fanfic rule nowadays, which is nice. Yes. Um, If only because they realized that it wasn't working. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, They may not... They may not love that people write fanfic about their stuff, but, um, you know, you really just have, like, Anne Rice yes. hanging out there and, and a couple of other people, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we're proving is that, we're I mean, we're in peak TV, right? Fanfic has been around forever. Like, fanfic is not keeping people from going to the movies mm-hmm. or watching shows or it's not cannibalizing your audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so it's really only it's you know the the reason that they started leveraging these fandoms is because it's actually trying to increase viewership. Mm-hmm. Like getting getting like these as much as I don't like ship wars like getting them going or getting people talking about these things on Tumblr and Twitter piques people's attention. Totally. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing things in trending topics or or gift sets going across your dashboard or whatever. Um, gets people's attention. Absolutely. And, um, you know, let them, let them contribute to your, your little sandbox. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and I, I, um, I just want to point out to our listeners, I know Tom's in kind of a funny situation because if you're working, um, for Star Wars in any capacity, including for Del Rey, the, the publisher, you can't read fanfic. Um, it's like literally in their contract. That yeah, that's really it. important to, yeah. to note. Yeah. Um, do not send your fanfic to anybody who is in charge or has anything to do with creating canon. Yeah, mm-hmm. please, please don't. They cannot read it. Please don't send them your unsolicited like novel ideas. Like, don't just don't do it. It is illegal. They can't read it, and it's nothing personal. Um, so I, I know Tom that that puts you in a little bit of a sometimes in a little bit of a sticky situation. But just you know. Um, I think, like, just honestly understanding that, like, people are making things because they love the IP and they love people's work. Like, that goes a long way, like, to yeah, just like stop just, shitting on fanfic. <laughs> yeah, just just take it all as a compliment. Like, yeah. Like, it's all well-intended in its own way. And there's, there's a whole slippery slope of the well-intentions thing. But in this specific instance, <laughs> it is all well-intended. There are varying degrees of, like, what it comes out as, as there are of any creative product, but it's all well-intended. It's all a compliment to the IP's work, and yeah. in this specific instance should be taken as such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as a, as a consumer of fanfic, all I really want from official channels is to feel like they respect me mm-hmm. as a viewer. Mm-hmm. No matter who I ship, as long as I'm being friendly and polite to them, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not one of these people that thinks that you have to be polite to people who are not being polite to you. I mean, if somebody's being a jerk, then like block them or tell them they're being a jerk. Mm-hmm. But if I'm being, you know, if I'm being completely respectful and I'm like, you know, I like Raylo or whatever, like respect that. Don't treat me like a weirdo. Yeah. Yep, Just exactly. say, hey, love the passion. Go on about your business. Totally. Yep. That's exactly it. Tori Rapp. First of all, Holly, thank you for coming on. This was such a great conversation. I had so much fun. Yeah, thank you so much, Holly. 
And so much fun. <laughs> do we, I don't want to preclude Kate here, but I think this is a great time, Holly, for you to plug yourself and yes. any projects that you're working on that you want people to know about. Yes, please. Yeah, uh, my other podcast, uh, and we, we talk a lot about this kind of stuff on there, um, oddly enough, <laughs> um, because it's just the sort of thing that I like to chat about. Um, my podcast about Shameless is called Alibi Cast. You can find us um, on Tumblr at alibicast.tumblr.com. Uh, you can also find us uh, on Twitter at alibicast. Um, and Shameless is on hiatus until January, so there's not really much content out there right now. Um, another thing that you can look out for is that for a couple of years, I co-hosted a Veronica Mars podcast. Ooh. Um, and it is called um, the Ahoy Mateys podcast. <laughs> And its um, Twitter handle is at Ahoy Mateys Cast. Um, there is a backlog of episodes out there covering uh, where my co-host, um, Carrie Raisler from the AV Club, and I talked about every episode of Veronica Mars. Obviously, that show is being revived at Hulu. So uh, we will be, as far as I know, coming back to cover those new episodes next year when they come out. We may be doing some stuff in the meantime to gear up for that. Um, so if you're interested in Veronica Mars, check that out as well. Awesome. Yay. And so again, thank you so much for joining us, Holly. This has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, Thanks, guys. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and for our listeners, thank you again for your patience uh, in this unexpected interlude in our discussion of CantoBite. Um, fuck you, Denmark. Yeah. We, <laughs> we think we're close to figuring it out. And if we're not close to figuring it out, we're close to Kristen being back in the country. So we're going to be back either next week or the week after um, <laughs> to read the last novella in Cantobite, The Ride by John Jackson Miller. So you still have time to read that and uh, discuss it with us. Send us your questions. Uh, we also, in two weeks, are going to have Tom Darth and Turnus himself, uh, author of that great question that we had on the podcast to discuss Cantobite on our wrap-up and also give away to... Uh, copies of the book as well. And Kate, can you remind people what the co- how they can go about winning those copies of CantoBite? Well, it's very simple, Christopher. They just have to uh, review us on with their favorite podcasting platform. We write like write a sentence, like just just write a sentence. Can you a sentence fragment? That's fine. It was good. Is a sentence. <laughs> anyway, uh, write a sentence, screenshot it to us, and you will be entered. And it's as simple as that. Perfect. So when we wrap up. Canto Bite, we're going to be giving away two copies of the book. So if you haven't read it, you want a copy, you want to give a copy to a friend for Christmas, it makes a great gift. If you have a friend who likes Star Wars and is looking for someone to get involved, or somewhere to get involved, excuse me, uh, do that. In the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at BookWarsPod, BookWarsPod at gmail.com if you want to email us. And as Kate just said, rate, review, and subscribe to us and to the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. Uh, if you have the means and are so inclined, please donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon, uh, which is the source of all these questions from our fantastic and always entertaining and positive Slack conversations. Uh, please give to us uh, at coffee.com slash bookwarspod. These really help us cover our hosting and production costs, so we really appreciate it. Uh, and for all of us, our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terror Design. For Kate and for Holly and for myself, thank you so much for listening to the Book Wars pod, and we will be back next week.